Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. I'm George Kurtz. I'm in with Joe Galina, the fantasy Jesus. Uh, we're covering for Dan Stravitt and Mike Blewett. I think Dan has uh, got a draft today uh, in one of those leagues, I believe. That's why he's not here. Mike Blewett is in South Carolina. Uh, at least I think that's where Charleston <laughs> is. That's where he went. So if you want to bother Mike, go to mm. South Carolina and Charleston. You can bother Mike. Uh, and we're going to be joined. We, got, we have a guest, Joe. We have a guest. Chris Mitchell of Fantrax uh, and Motorbikers.com. I'm tired it of talking nice. just to you. you. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand talking to you either. Gets on my nerves after three hours. Uh, Chris, Chris is also Chris is also the host of uh, what the Mitch Dog Unleashed podcast on Fantrax.com. He can also be found on Twitter at cjmitch73. So, Chris, the Mitch Dog Unleashed podcast. This is finally the name you came up with for this show. It's what I've come with for now. As you know, uh, I have a hard time coming up with names, which is why my podcast that I was doing before was called a podcasting name later. I, I at first I wanted I, at first I wanted to call it the hole, you know, because I'm a jerk and I figured you know the connection people would make the connection, but then uh, the, the bosses upstairs didn't like that idea. They didn't like the insinuations, and so they dismissed that idea. Uh, just calling it the Fantax Fantasy Forum or whatever. I mean, it, it made sense. It told you what it was, but it was kind of boring and. And so the one of my uh, guys that was working with me to try to put together the sound and the look of it and everything, he just decided, you know, you've got the personality of it. He said I have personality, which I don't know if I agree with him, but he said I've got a personality to, that maybe we should emphasize. And rather than just put my name on it, I mean, because the Chris Mitchell podcast, and everyone's like, who the hell is Chris Mitchell? So I figured the Mitch dog at least gave me a little bit of snark to it, and, and people do call me that. Some of my friends my high school buddy used to call me the short dog. Uh, based on a rapper back in the day. So I figured, what the heck, we'll go with that for now, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And if we come up with a good name along the way, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to change it. Well, I think from uh, from someone who's been on that podcast quite a few times, I think the podcast that never ends is really just a uh, – was, was a <laughs> apropos name. It was really right on target. I kid. But, uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Chris. Uh, now, for those who don't know, Chris is out of the Boston area. So I'm going to ask this question, not because he's out of Boston, but because – well, I'm curious. He'll know the uh, he'll have a better answer than what the Red Sox can give you. Chris, what the hell's going on in the Red Sox closer situation? You know, you 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 made me look good by saying that I will know better. But to be honest with you, there's no news out here that would suggest either way what guy it's going to be. Uh, I think most people believe that Matt Barnes has the best raw stuff, so most people assume that he's going to be the closer. It seems pretty clear at this point that you know, the Red Sox held out for on J.D. Martinez for a long time last year, and then finally everyone knew that they were going to get him, and eventually they signed that deal. Some people were of the belief that that's what they're doing with Kimbrell, but all the way to March 16th, it looks like the Red Sox saying that they weren't signing Kimbrell isn't just a smoke screen. It looks like that's true. It looks like they are not waiting him out to the last minute, that money and and luxury tax issues, they are not going to sign Kimbrell. That's what it absolutely looks like. Again, if he decides to do a one-year deal or something at a a number that's acceptable, maybe the Red Sox do that. I don't know. But it seems uh, pretty clear that Kimbrell wants a multi-year deal and that it's pretty clear the Red Sox do not want him at that, you know, three years. Because the Red Sox have a lot of contracts coming up over the next three or four years. So to then throw on a closer on top of that, I think they made the decision that if it's a one-year deal, okay, anything beyond that, they can't do it. So it looks like they're doing in-house, and they obviously didn't even try to get any of the free agent relievers that were available, which, again, would have taken a multi-year situation to, to, to lock them up, multi-year contracts at, at money. So they just stayed away from all of those, too. Even like an Andrew Miller, who came at a reasonable discount because of his injury issues last year, they didn't even try to get someone like him. So 
It looks like Matt Barnes is the is the guy that everyone thinks, but I actually think that Ryan Brozier is the better guy. Um, he just seems to have the the attitude for closer. He doesn't have the stuff that Matt Barnes has. But Matt Barnes is very inconsistent, too. I mean, he, he, he doesn't throw a lot of strikes. Uh, when he's on, his fastball's right up there with it, with the closer level that you need, you know, mid to upper 90s. And his breaking ball can be really kind of nasty, and that's what you want to see from a closer. But Barnes doesn't seem to have the attitude, the mentality, and, the, and there's not a lot of consistency there. So I don't have a lot of c- belief in Barnes. If you wanted to play it safe, it's probably 60-40 Barnes. But I, of my belief, I think it's going to be Ryan Brazier. Hey, Chris, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, uh, thanks for having me on. Joe speaking here. All right. Um, so I was reading your article that you wrote for Fantrax about finding uh, the, the best values in the, within the first five rounds. Uh, one of the guys uh, that you, know, you have uh, guys that you target and honorable mentions, but a guy that uh, uh, talking about it, Trevor Story. Now, Trevor Story uh, had a really good year last year, 291 batting average, the 37 home runs, the 27 steals. Uh, you know, he knocked down that uh, K rate from 34.4 to 25.6. Has he figured it out? I mean, do you think that uh, any chance for a little bit of regression, That those 27 steals, uh, do you think he approaches that this season? Yeah, that was a big jump. He had never come anywhere near that previously. I think I mentioned that in the article as well. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I do think regression is safe with him. And one of the things I believe I wrote in that article is that even with regression, he is still a really good value in the in the late to to mid, you know, late second, mid third, depending on you know how many teams are in your league. I do think there's going to be regression. Mm-hmm. I don't. Him staying healthy is one thing, and if he's not healthy, he's not going to run as much. So yes, I do expect some regression in the stolen bases. I think he can hit that many home runs. I mean, it would. he's got that kind of power. He's always had that kind of number. I mean, maybe not 37. I mean, 37, maybe he doesn't get to that number. But I'm, he can hit 30-plus home runs. But I expect at least 15. That would be cutting his number almost in half from last season. That would definitely be considered regression. And I think that would be considered a lot of regression. But that seems, I think, reasonable. Um, I don't think people should be drafting him thinking you're getting 10. If you're estimating 10, I think you're on the very low end. You're being extremely conservative, which is fine. I'm not against projecting conservatively, and if he falls to you at the number that that makes sense, then go for it. So if you want to project conservatively, I think he'll steal 10. I mean, everybody steals 10. Anyone who can run at all steals 10. So I think he'll steal 10. I expect he'll steal 15. He could get up to 20 again. Uh, 27 would definitely be a surprise for me, though. So I'm thinking, I'm looking at him as a shortstop who everyone thinks he's got all these swing and miss issues, but he did hit 291. Uh, I think he can hit at yeah. least 30 home runs, and I think he can steal at least 15 bases. So a 30, 15, 290 guy. And let's say he drops in that batting average, too, like you said. Let's say he drops down to 275. Is that really the end of the world? I mean, again, if you assume significant regression, you're still getting a 30 home run batter with 15 steals with a 270 batting average. That would be a lot. That would be a significant drop off from last year. That's still a top five shortstop, and that's still a guy that I would be more than happy to take in the top 30. He's going right around 23, 24. I think that's my last check on uh, Fancy Pros as well as Fantrax. So um, that ADP to me is a nice value. That's one of the reasons why I think you should go with Max Scherzer as your first pick in the first round, depending on what pick you have, because I like the idea of getting a Trevor Story as maybe your third pick uh, at the at the front end of the of the third round, or if it's a two, you know if it's a 12 team league or something, maybe you get him as your second pick in the uh, you know. The, the late 20s. That, to me, he's a good value. Chris, well, let's stay on speed for a second. How do you approach speed? Are you drafting players early to cover yourself? Let's say you don't get Trey Turner in the first round. You know, you're not able to grab him. Do you look for speed later on? Are you drafting with Merrifield in the third round? You're looking at D.D. Gordon with Merrifield, Malik Smith. How do you approach speed? For the most part, I just go into a draft trying to be flexible. And actually, if you if you read my article that, that – um, that Joe just mentioned, I want to be flexible. So when I when I put out that that article, I, the thought was the the argument was Max Scherzer is a heck of a pick at number four because it sets up the rest of your draft. You can do a lot of different things, and I think the most important thing, and this is the strategy that I like to use coming into draft period, is is don't force yourself to take something that isn't who you want at any period. So. Don't go home run heavy at the beginning because if there's a home run heavy guy later in the draft, you can't take him because you're light on steals or or something of that effect. Or don't go 
all outfield at the beginning because then you may they may be outfields later, but you need a third baseman. So I try to remain as flexible as possible. And, and because of that, one of the things I like to do is I like those guys that do a little bit of everything. Now, granted, you, you, you might get 50 home runs from Giancarlo Stanton or who knows, maybe Bryce Harper has another over 40 year. And I like those guys. But I prefer the guys like the Trevor Stories who hit 25 home runs but also steal 15 bases. And so for the most part as a strategy, I like to take those balanced guys. Um, now, there are some guys that I like to look at later, like a, like a Jonathan VR in Baltimore. He's a, a, a late-round pick who I think is going to play a lot. I think he's going to be, be the full-time guy. But even if he only plays 70% of the time or something happens or he plays poorly and loses the full-time position there – He's going he's gonna to steal, I think, 30 bases at least. And if he really – in Baltimore, there's not a lot of incentive not to let him run crazy. So it wouldn't shock me if he went 40, 45 steals. He's a guy later in drafts that I, that I like, plays in multiple positions, and he can actually hit for a little bit of power as well. But at least in the early rounds, especially the top five rounds, I'm not specifically targeting any one thing. I want to leave my draft as flexible as possible so that if Chris Bryant falls to me with my third pick, I can go with him rather than being forced to take, like you said, a Whit Merrifield or someone like that. I don't want to be forced because I started poorly. That's one of the reasons why I don't like Nolan Arenado or J.D. Martinez in the first round um, at four or five and why I argued for Max Scherzer at four is because while they're awesome and the batting average is extremely nice, especially in the case of Martinez, so those are great players, no doubt about it, but they don't provide any steals at all. So when it comes later on in the draft, like you're saying, if, if you come to the third round, if Chris Bryant is there, he's a steal. Or late, you know, beginning of the third, something like that. If he's there, he's a steal. But if you went with J.D. Uh, Arenado with your first pick and then like Aaron Judge fell to you in the second one, you really kind of, you, you're almost punting steals right off the bat if you then go with Chris Bryant. I mean, you still have a great team. You, you drafted all the best values. But you kind of screwed yourself in that way. And, and so finding a, a VR or, or a, taking a, a real home run on a, a Billy Hamilton, I mean, do you want to have him on your – I wouldn't mind having him on my roster, but if he's going to be one of my five starting outfielders and my key guy for stolen bases because I didn't get anybody else, to me that's not a great strategy. So I try to go with the guys that provide a little bit of everything. So I like Javier Baez. I like Trevor Story. As I said, VR later in the draft, he can actually hit for a little bit of pop. So I try to be balanced all the way through if I can. Can. Um, and I, at all costs, unless I absolutely have to, I don't force a pick, like you were saying, force myself to take Merrifield, who I actually think is going to regress this year as well. So based on Joey Votto's NFBC ADP, he's going in somewhere around the sixth round in uh, 12-team drafts. Uh, should we be concerned at this stage? I mean, I, usually I don't throw much credence into spring training numbers, but uh, batting 111, the good news is he's still walking a ton. He's got a 448 on base percentage. Uh, but uh, based on uh, the big-time regression that we saw last season where he only hit 12 home runs, batted 284, now he's batting 111 uh, to start the spring. Uh, are you concerned about Joey Votto, or would you take a chance on him? For me, he's one of those guys where the format really makes a big difference. If you're in an OBP league, the guy's still a monster. So it, it doesn't really concern me there. Uh, but, yes, I, I don't – I'm a little concerned. I, I was a little concerned last year. Uh, you know, he's still a good hitter. I, I don't know, but – in spring training, like you said, all the all the, the every single individual reason why you shouldn't be concerned. You don't just throw away a guy's career because he had one bad season. You don't throw away the guy for the right. season because he had one bad spring training. But when you combine all of those factors together, yes, I am a little bit concerned. I'm not a big vital guy, so I've never really owned him in a lot of leagues. Um, OBP, I'm it. You know, he's falling. So in an OBP league, I would still feel good about it because he is. He's a complete and total, you know, anomaly in that in that uh, format. But I'm hesitant. I mean, uh, you, you're looking at guys like Ozzy Albies, a, a guy, again, a guy who hits for home runs and for speed. I'm not a huge Albies guy because he did have his struggles last year just like Votto did. But I'd rather take a chance on an Albies than a Votto at the same basic uh, situation the ba right around there. And actually, Gary Sanchez, and I can't believe I'm saying this, George can testify, I despise catchers with a passion, and I dislike Yankees at the very least, and sometimes I downright hate them as well. <laughs> But with him and at 58, it, it kind of stuns me that, that we're seeing Rio Muto going ahead of him, I think, in a lot of leagues. And, I mean, if he was a first baseman slash DH, I think he could hit 40-plus home runs. I don't know if he could be an MVP, 
but I, I like Sanchez there too. So where Votto's going at 54 isn't bad in an OBP league because he's such a monster. But th- there are a lot of guys in that range. Gene Segura, again, at 63, for example. I, I like him a lot as well, a guy that it doesn't seem like a lot of people really have a lot of respect for him. So I can't see taking Votto that high. Even if he was ripping the ball, I'd still be reluctant. But the fact that he's um, not doing all that great, that just gives me more reason to choose one of the guys that I prefer better in that area. So I'm staying away unless he falls into the 70s or, like I said, OBP League. He's—I mean—he can almost—he's like—he's like Billy Hamilton in steals. Only Billy Hamilton never actually produced the 60 steals he was supposed to. But in OBP League, then okay, I feel all right with him there because again, he's just such—he can carry you. All right, Chris, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And listen, let us know where we can find you. The best way to do it is uh, on Twitter at CJMitch73. You can ask me questions or I can you, I send out links for all my articles and podcasts. I'm on Facebook, too. As you know, the podcast being later group, we talk some baseball from time to time on there, post links to all the different things. Uh, my articles appear at least once a week over at Fantrax.com. I don't know. Roto Experts is such an unknown at this point. I don't know when we're going to be writing football again uh, for, for them, but um, hopefully I'll end up over there. But just the easiest way to find me is at CJMitch73. And I'll take any of your questions, and I'll post you all my links. All right. That was Chris Mitchell, everybody. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have you on again uh, in the future. And, Chris, you have a good Thanks luck guys, in your trip, except on Tuesday. I'm actually drifting <laughs> against uh, Chris on Tuesday, so no, uh, no good luck for him on Tuesday as I uh, play in the league with him. This is Fantasy Sports Today. I'm George Kurtz. He's Joe Galina. We're filling in for Dan Stratford and Mike Blewett. Sean Angle behind the glass. And we'll be back for the final 40 minutes right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Man, a little centerfold action. You know, with the internet, uh, you really, uh, anybody look at a centerfold anymore? But uh, this is a great video if you have a chance to look it up. Great song. Uh, a lot of a hot girls. Years or a few decades. Walking around in, in their uh, lingerie. So check out the video. <laughs> Jake Giles Band. Uh, 80s music. Uh, can't beat it there, George. I agree. I totally agree. I think 80s music is fantastic. It's uh, probably my favorite, 70s as well. Uh, I'm, I'm stuck on classic rock, but of the 80s, you know, Def Leppard, mm-hmm. uh, U2, Van Halen, you know, it's all good. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so uh, good spot with uh, Chris Mitchell, and uh, good luck in your draft against him. Good luck, Chris. And uh, so why don't we just continue uh, breaking down? We were uh, taking a look at the AL Central. Ugly division. <laughs> Right. You know, once you get past the you know the Indians and the Twins, and the, the Twins aren't all that interesting. Uh, well, yeah, they are based on the moves that they made. But then you got we were just talking the Tigers. Uh, now you look at the White Sox, uh, who were spurned by Manny Machado. They were sixty-two and a hundred last year. Their over under total is seventy-four. Uh, and when you look at their uh, depth chart, uh, well, look, Yohan uh, Mankata. Uh, he's scheduled to uh, be their third baseman this year, uh, George, uh, and uh, had uh, previously uh, played uh, second. And uh, waiting for is another uber prospect that just really has uh, hasn't delivered yet. Uh, 217 strikeouts last uh, season in, uh, in 149 games. Uh, but uh, has the potential to give you uh, some power. 17 home runs last year and 12 stolen bases. So, I mean, uh, he's having a, a nice spring. And I hate to keep quoting spring numbers, but I'm just looking at them. I mean, he's batting 379 with two home runs, uh, 10 strikeouts in uh, 11 games. So uh, what do you think about uh, Moncada? Do you think that this guy could finally figure it out? 
do I think Moncada could finally figure it out? I mean, he's the uh, was the centerpiece, really, of that trade of a Chris Sale to the Red Sox, right? He was that yep. guy, that main guy going back. Uh, I mean, Kopech, I understand, but he, but don't kid yourself. It was uh, it was Moncada who was supposed to be the next big thing, right? The next big thing coming mm-hmm. over from Cuba. He was going to be a, a major player here, and it really hasn't worked out. Uh, now that he's been a bad player, but he certainly hasn't been what they thought he could be. So I do. I think this is his breakout year. He's only twenty three. He'll be twenty four in May. I know. It seems he's like only, he's been playing forever. So you think about that. <laughs> it does. You're absolutely right. That's another one. You look at. Wow, that's how old he is. You, you thought he was older. Last year, mm-hmm. I guess we'd, we'd say he's his best season to date, and he only batted two thirty five. You know, seventeen home runs, sixty one RBIs, twelve stolen bases. So he's kind of like that guy we see a lot of. Right, and as far as fantasy is concerned, we like the home runs and stolen bases. You know, maybe he can bring that up a little bit to where he could be a twenty fifteen guy. But man, it comes with a major average hit. That's the problem here. So when I look at him, it all comes down to that average. Uh, do you believe he's going to get hit higher? Hit two thirty one the year before that. Granted, only on two hundred thirty one play appearances as he was hurt. Oh man, <sighs> he's a middle infield at best for me. You know, I'm not going to take a chance to start him, certainly not here. I'm interested because you do wonder, is this the year it clicks? And I think that's what we're looking for here. Is this the year it right. clicks? I do think there's room to grow here. I do. But, Chris, he'll be he'll be a low-end middle infielder for me. I'm not going to bank on it. I don't Because even if he clicks, I don't see him being a league winner, which worth me risking it. Because, oh, this kind of guy, if he does click, he's going to win me my league. No, I don't see that. I just think we're going to pay off somewhat. Because even if he clicks, what's he going to bet, 260, 270? Still not really going to help me. And even the home run stolen base upticks wouldn't be major enough. So I do like the player, but he's a low-end middle infield and not someone I'd bank on. Yeah, based on his NFBC ADP, you'd be getting him in the 13th round of a typical 12-team league. Very interesting. I mean, the question that you just said, is he going to win your league? Uh Probably not. I think that the batting average is, is going to be the issue. But uh, obviously, I mean, uh, he's got to improve on his uh, strikeout total uh, there. Uh, Jose Abreu, uh, do you see him bouncing back uh, from uh, last year? He uh, suffered some injuries. Previous to that, had always hit for average. Uh, you could count on him for uh, uh, basically just ca- counting him uh, almost every season for uh, 30 home runs and 100 RBI. Are uh, you confident that Abreu uh, can uh, have a nice bounce? back season for you well he better because first base is really it's thin in fantasy i mean you look at first base all right freeman goldsmith rizzo is the third round pick and then it becomes a lot of question marks can bellinger and vada rebound abreu who's been somewhat solid throughout his career right? we know the power will be there ball flies out of uh, whatever they're calling that ballpark in Chicago. Now it seems to change names too often for me. But the ball, ball, the ball flies out of that, especially in the summer when it heats up. All right, so the home runs should be there. The offense seems to be decent here. I know he only had 22 home runs this year. I think he bounces back to – he only played 128 games last year. I think he goes back to 28 yeah. to 32, somewhere in that, in that range. Mm-hmm. He was hurt, but still even 22 home runs mm-hmm. is a little life. He only missed 32, 34 games, so you know, the home runs should have been better. Uh, but I think he bounces back up to being that 28 home runs, 100 RBI guy with a plus average. So that's what I think uh, El Bray is life. becoming here yeah. or is going to do. Yeah, lifetime 295 uh, batting average there. Anybody on this uh, starting rotation that you like? I mean, uh, penciled in as their number one starter is a college Rodon. That's a blast from the past, right? Another guy we've been waiting for, right? Uh, To be that, uh, I don't Mm -hmm. want to say big time starter. That's probably not fair. But to be a, a very reliable starter. You know, we've been waiting for him for yeah. years now. He, uh, another guy can't seem to stay healthy. Ronaldo Lopez coming over mm-hmm. from the Nationals, uh, waiting for him. Ivan over, you know, okay, we'll see what happens there. Lucas Giolito, also from the Nationals, waiting for him. It seems like they have ex- ex-Nationals and ex-Yankee starters. Right, Ivanova, Man- Manny Benuelos, who was part of the Killer Bees for the Yankees at one time, <laughs> and none of them worked out, uh, besides right. Batanzas. Right. Uh, none of them worked out as starters. Uh, Giolito, Lopez from the Nationals, and then Rodon. Uh, listen, I'm taking Rodon late. He's the only uh, starter here I'm really taking. I'll take Rodon late, see what happens here. The other guys are more wait and see. Lopez, you want to take him with your last round or two in reserve? I'm fine. Yeah, we all, we're all going to take uh, gambles as far as starting pitchers late. But Rodon's the only guy I uh, I don't mind taking during my normal part of my draft. In other words, we generally have 23 rounds, five rounds of uh, reserves. Yeah, round 21, round 22, I may take a shot on Rodon, hoping that this is the year. But once again, he's another guy. I'm not spending valuable capital on him. 
you know, if I'm spending around 21, mm-hmm. 22 pick, he doesn't work out. Okay, he doesn't work out. I'll move on. Not a big deal. I'm expecting to move on from most of those guys anyway. Uh, Rodon, same problem. Is what's I like Abreu, the ball because the ball flies out for the offense, it also hurts the pitching staff. His ERA's never been below four, four point one eight, four point one five, four point oh four. He's already uh you know, banged up a little bit. I think he's gonna st- I think he will start the season with the team. He'll be their ace for whatever that's worth here. But I need to see better numbers here before I trust him to be anywhere near an SP three for my fantasy team. Right now he's in that SP five, SP six category with some upside. Now, this will be the year that he makes 28 starts. You know, I'm not going to plug him in for 32, 33. This is the max you're pretty much going to do here. But I'll take 28 and see what those numbers can become. Maybe he can approach 180 strikeouts, get 12 wins. You know, I'm, I'm not asking for much here, Joe. Hmm. Yeah. Fair. Fair point. Um, so the rest of this team, I mean, I, I, I like Tim Anderson as a guy who could be a potential 2020 guy. Uh, you know, let's see him... Uh, He's been getting a little bit better about getting on base a little bit more. I uh, had uh, an issue of, you know, just take a walk once in a while there, Tim. But uh, a good 2020 option uh, over at the shortstop. Uh, Daniel Palka came out of nowhere. Uh, kind of like a, a 26 years old. Took him a while to develop. Not thrilled with him, but in a real deep league. I mean, he hit 27 home runs. I mean, if you're starting five outfielders uh, in a deep league, if you know, just as basically as bench depth uh, as somebody that could uh, you know give you a 20 plus home run power you're not going to really love his uh, batting average but uh, uh, why don't we move over to uh, unless you you know you want to talk about Palka but we'll talk about the their bullpen Colome is he going to pencil in as their closer uh, does he uh, hold on to that job or is he one of these guys that you think that maybe uh, by the trade deadline might be uh, shipped out Oh, I think Colome or Herrera could both be shipped out uh, by the deadline. Once again, mm-hmm. Herrera just signed a con, uh, a decent contract there. But I think they're battling out for the closure job. I wouldn't say Colome or Herrera is the leader right now. Uh, I think if you, if you forced me to draft one, I had to take one. You know, last round pick, and I, mm-hmm. I just want to take a closer for the hell of it. I probably would take Colome, but, you know, I'm not dead sure that he's the guy. You know, I'm, I'm not. So once again, it's a gambling. I think these are both good pitchers. So I think they, uh, you know, I think it's interesting. Colome signed a uh, one-year, $7.33 million contract, and I do like him. I think he has some good stuff. Struggled a little bit at times last year, so I think his uh, value went down a little bit. And the same thing could be with Herrera. Had the injury last year as well. But I think he is a guy who could pitch as well. And he signed a two-year, $18 million contract. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens here with uh, with these two. I think they're battling out in spring training. One will be the ninth inning guy. One will be the eighth inning guy. But once again, the leash could be short for either one who starts uh, as, as the team's closer because the other one's there. They can go to him. So that's the issue. Mm-hmm. That's why they're both tier three closers for me. They're both guys that I do like. I think they're better than probably the most closers out there. But because they're both there, they're both going to push each other. If one struggles, the other will get his chance. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about the uh, White Sox? I mean, when you look at this team, it looks like they really had their – they, they kind of thought that they might have had a really good shot at landing Machado. Uh, they uh, have Alonso on their team, uh, who's his brother-in-law, and John Jay is their friend. Uh, it, so- it sounds like the uh, air was let out of their balloon when they didn't get Machado. What do you think about this uh, 74 over-under win total for them? Do you think that uh, they could uh, go over or under – Oh, they definitely want the Machado. Everything they did in the entire offseason was to entice Machado. You mentioned uh, Jay, mm-hmm. the friend, Alonso, the brother-in-law. They actually offered him the most money. Now, granted, it uh, mm-hmm. he would have had to hit a couple of conditions, but they were easy conditions to hit. And they would have given him more money than uh, San Diego in the end, more than likely. He turned it down. And listen, I don't blame him. I'd want to go play in San Diego, too. Uh, I would not play in Chicago and freeze mm-hmm. my uh, several parts of my anatomy off. You know, So I have no problem with him going to San Diego for that, for a little less money, be a little happier. Plus, the Padres have a fantastic minor league system. You wait two years, man. This team's going to mm-hmm. be damn good. So uh, no issues with that. But I think you, know, you put it correctly. I think that that was the air going out of the balloon of the White Sox. You know, I think it was, it was a loss. Mm-hmm. Because we just, you just look at the team. I mean, you know, that... Uh, Pretty bad. <laughs> it's, yeah, man. It's, it would have looked, looked much better if Machado was on it. You know, the infield's iffy. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Tim Anson who has the 11th commandment rule. Thou shall not 
pass without being swung at, doesn't walk enough, mm-hmm. and everybody else in the infield doesn't, doesn't excite me at all as far as the offense is concerned here. Uh, you put it would have plugged uh, Machado in there at short or third. It would have looked better. Castillo at catcher. Okay, I kind of yeah. like Castillo. For, mainly because he's catcher. I think he's top eight catcher for me. Mm-hmm. I, I would have taken him. The outfield, I mean, yeah, good luck. I mean, just good luck with, uh, you know, Palka, John Jay, and Adam Engel. No relation to Sean. Uh, just not much going on. <laughs> Alonzo is a DH. Fine. He might hit 20 home runs for you if you're desperate to 15-team league. Don't mm-hmm. mind that. The pitching staff, it's got some names. It does have some names, so there are some ups- upside there. But overall, Chiolito wins. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's too much. <sighs> I mean— in my opinion, yeah, I'd probably, I mean, I'd probably what, go the under there as well. But has then this again, team gotten any better than the team that won sixty-two? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they won sixty-two last year. Is this team that much better than the team that won sixty-two games last year? I, I don't think so. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, the I, I would agree. Not not twelve games better. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of I'm surprised at uh, at this number. So I would take the under. Tell you the truth, I I'd have them seventy. I could see them winning seventy games. Yeah, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'll All take right. the under as well. Uh, yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to, you know, try to convince you. You know, but uh, that, that's the way I feel. So why don't we move on uh, to the uh, last team in this AL Central? They actually have some names though that uh, have some fantasy value. They're going to be a bad team again, but uh, the Kansas City Royals have some names that uh, yeah you might uh, see on your uh, fantasy team. The the one that sticks out obviously is uh, Whit Merrifield, uh, signed a, a, a very affordable team friendly extension, uh, and uh, forty five steals last year. I mean, you know, he's got a little pop. I mean, his pop came down, but uh, you know, his uh, batting average. You'll hit for average. He'll help you out there. Well, you're paying for it. All right, because if you want to get with Merrifield, that's round three, yeah. round four. So, that's where he's going in all yeah. leagues. So if you want him, you're going to have well, to pay up the for value him. of stolen bases. Him, you're not getting him at any kind of discount. Okay, and for me, the problem right. is this. All right, yeah, great. The average, we, we love the average, right? It's a plus average. It'll help you. It'll, and it'll also offset somebody else. You might, you might take it as a lower average. Joey Gallo comes to mind. Uh, and stolen bases, yeah. I think 45, 50, 60 wouldn't shock me. This is another team that's going to have to run, steal bases, be aggressive. Go, go Royals. Manufacture runs. So I think that's important mm-hmm. there. My problem is this. What home run total do we believe? You know, the 19, so the 20 he hit right 17, or the 12, 10 he hit. Yes. I don't know if that's enough. For a third, fourth round pick, I think you might. <laughs> you're going to need 20. Uh, he has to, he's going to have to hit mm-hmm. more than, uh, he's going to hit more, more like 20 home runs to pay off for the price you're paying. So that's my issue with Merrifield mm-hmm. is that I don't trust the power here. I think he may be a 12-home run guy and not a 15, not a 20-home run guy. And I think that's an issue. Uh, so how, is it worth it? Is it worth it for you to grab that player rather than, you know, six, seven, eight, nine rounds later and go grab Malik Smith? You know, Billy Hamilton, mm-hmm. granted, they're going to hurt you in other categories. That's why they go lower. But you can make up for that with better players that you can pick around three, around four. So do you want Merrifield? You know, and uh, whatever player you might get. Or would you rather have a top player, Rizzo, in round three, and then go, then go grab Malik Smith in round 12? You know, which one do you feel you'd mm-hmm. rather have there? I think that's my issue here. And when it comes to me, I'm almost always leaning towards the a player like Rizzo, a top player, and then finding my steal someplace else. Yeah. I bet there's different ways of uh, calculating his uh, fantasy value, though. Uh, I'm talking about Merrifield. Yeah, like I said, he's uh, eligible, uh, you know, second base and the outfield. I mean, he's a guy that has a 293 lifetime batting average, batted 304 last year. So there's value in that as well. Uh, home run power, uh, what do you believe? I, you know, like he had 19 in 2017, 12 in 2018. Uh, figure right in the middle, maybe 15. I get it where you say, is that enough for someone that you have to spend a third-round pick on? But when you look at him, uh, he's a Jonathan VR. He's everything that you wanted Jonathan VR to be. He's like Jonathan VR on steroids, right? And plus he gives you the uh, multi-position eligibility. So, uh, it's it, uh, you know, so basically you would uh, stay away from him in drafts based on uh, the, the draft capital that you'd have to invest. Yeah, I'm not spending a third-round pick on him. There'll be too many other good players I can mm-hmm. get there, and I'll find my steals later because uh, that's really what you're drafting him for. You're drafting with the stolen bases. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll find my steals later. 
All right. Uh, we have just about a minute left, but when we come back, I want to continue talking uh, uh, some Royals. We'll uh, continue talking fantasy baseball. Uh, have a uh, second-year first baseman uh, that uh, I want to talk about. O'Hearn, Billy Hamilton. How about Soler? We'll be right back. More fantasy sports today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. One more segment before we say goodbye. And coming up next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, catch FNTSY Sports Radio Network's coverage of day two of the NFBC High Stakes Fantasy Baseball Drafts live from the Stewart Hotel in New York City as industry professionals go at it auction style vying for $7,000 league prizes and a $150,000 grand prize. The NFBC has paid over $23 million in fantasy baseball prizes during its first 15 seasons. And with that kind of money on the line, these drafts are a great benchmark to use when prepping for your own. Follow all the fantasy baseball action with Greg Sussman, Frank Stamfel, who'll be drafting in the main event this afternoon. Uh, Joe Pisapi as well, former Major League pitcher Brad Ziegler, analyzing the drafts in real time as industry professionals play for keeps, providing you the insight on who you should be targeting on your own teams leading up to opening day. So uh, I happen to be listening to, uh, had an opportunity to listen to a bunch of their coverage yesterday. Great stuff, like I, I mentioned earlier, uh, Brad St- Ziegler uh, really gives you a nice insight into what it's like to be uh, a major leaguer and talked about, uh, you know, what it's like to deal with these Twitter trolls uh, who come out here, right? And uh, how uh, the advent of fantasy sports has changed, how, and also social media, how uh, individuals can uh, interact sometimes uh, negatively uh, with uh, ballplayers and uh, really good stuff coming out uh, there and great stuff from Greg and and Joe and uh, wish uh, Frank a lot of luck today. Uh, I know that uh, Matt Modica is in on that lead that he's de- uh, drafting, so uh, very competitive. So good stuff. All right, George. Uh, so um, we were talking uh, Kansas City Royals, the Go Go Royals. Uh, we talked about. Um, well, we didn't talk about Adalberto Mondesi as of yet. We talked about Merrifield, uh, and um, they got, uh, like I mentioned, Mondesi, Hamilton. Do you think that the three of them is there enough? Are there enough <laughs> stolen base opportunities on this team where all three could be viable uh, stolen base options for you come uh, on your fantasy team? Well, it's going to be like the '80s St. Louis Cardinals, right? With uh, Willie McGee, Vince mm-hmm. Coleman, got to run, just got to run, no choice. There's no power mm-hmm. here. And I'm Ryan O'Hearn, okay, maybe. Maybe he'll have some power here. Other than that, who's mm-hmm. hitting home runs? I mean, Solar, okay, well, yay. Alex Gordon's really well, look, done It looked like he had connected Phillips. the dots before he got hurt last year, Solar. I mean, uh, we'll see, I guess. Uh, a lot of, a lot yeah, of but question he's not marks, stay I guess. Again. All right, there's a, there's a ton of them. <laughs> they got, once again, it's another team that's going to have to manufacture runs. And let's say these guys aren't just running for the sake of running. They can steal. You know, they can steal. Mm-hmm. So Hamilton can run. Merrifield can run. Mondesi can run. And, you know, with the exception of uh, of Merrifield, who can hit otherwise, well, we don't know if, if Mondesi and Hamilton can do anything else but run. So if they're not going to steal, if you're not going to let them steal, why are they on the team? Right? So they have to run. Mm-hmm. They just have to when they get on base. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Ryan O'Hearn, uh, ADP of uh, just about 380. 
for NFBC purposes. I, you know, kind of like him as a as a in a, in a deep league, uh, someone that you pick up late, maybe that could eventually, you know, turn into maybe a corner infield option for you. Uh, you know, be some bench depth for you. Last year, forty four games, two sixty two batting average, uh, twelve home runs, thirty uh, runs batted in, uh, had uh, a twenty six K rate. But uh, you know, in this day and age. That's kind of almost like the norm when it comes to these young players, right? Still showed some overall good patience at the plate. Uh, 11.8 walk rate, uh, below average chase rate of uh, 23.2. Uh, had a, uh, a 46.2 fly ball rate and a 42.3 hard hit rate. All good signs for some uh, some power there. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at him as a potential breakout candidate, and you know I'm comparing him, you know. Uh, to a Ronald Guzman from uh, the Rangers. You know, these are two guys that are into now their second year of, of play. Guzman, 484 ADP, uh, his 2018 stats, 16 home runs, 58 runs batted in in 123 games, just a 234 batting, uh, 235 batting average um, rate, a 38% chase rate, league average just about 31. Of the two, George, who do you think has a, a – would you want on your team as some bench depth as somebody that maybe could move into that corner infield spot on your team? Oh, all right. Who are my choices here again? Let's, let's write this stuff down here. Uh, Ronald Guzman, second year player, uh, first baseman for the Rangers and, uh, Ryan O'Hearn. And you know what? It's, it's <laughs> O'Hearn. It's uh St. Patrick's day weekend. So, just, just thinking the same go. thing, right? I, I'm Irish. I don't I have to vote for O'Hearn here? You know, uh, St. Patrick's Day is what? I'm terrible at the fact that I have to ask St. Patrick's Day so, is tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. Yeah, it's, yes. It's tomorrow. Yes, yes. All right. So uh, I'll be wearing mm-hmm. green during uh, during our show tomorrow morning, the weekend fantasy update. I'll, I'll make sure to wear green. It's just way uh, Me too. everybody's happy. It's a deal. <laughs> uh, maybe have some lucky challenge for breakfast. You know, who knows? All right. Uh, Ron Guzman or, or, or would make O'Hearn. It would make sense, with, you know. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with O'Hearn. I think I trust him a little bit more. And once again, there's mm-hmm. no track record here. All right, so we're just we're really just going on feel here. O'Hearn is somebody I would not want to draft as a first baseman, but I'll as a corner infielder. And maybe mm-hmm. bank on once again. Right. You're banking on the power. Uh, Kansas City, not the easiest ballpark to hit home runs in. Right, not a home run ballpark. Uh, even though they uh, they right. made it, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful park. One of the parks I love love to see, but never been there. But uh, what are we hoping for here? You now I always look at that. What are we hoping for here? Home runs. He had 12 bombs and only 170 at bats last year. All right, that ratio is not gonna not gonna stay. All right, that would put him at like 50 to 60. Okay, so that's not happening. But we can hope for 30 home runs here. I think that's legit with an average that probably doesn't help you, but maybe doesn't kill you either. And the RBIs will be, you know, your normal right. RBIs, 90 to 100 here. So I think you're okay uh, rooting for that. I think that's what I, I would – if I'm plugging him in, you know how I like to do things. I write down what, each time what I, what I think a player is going to do and minus it off my total. So if I think O'Hearn's oh, going to hit 30 home runs, I minus, you know, now I need 270 to win the category. And I am running him down for 30 home runs. All right? So I think he's good mm-hmm. there. Guzman. If you face the Yankees every day, by the way, this guy would kill. He crushed the Yankees last year. I uh, seem to enjoy hitting <laughs> yeah, their pitching. I remember that, yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. Right, we like the fact that once again, Texas ball flies out of that ballpark. I think it's next year's the last year. This year's the last year of that ballpark too, right? They're opening up another park. I don't understand. I yeah, like. It that seems ballpark. like it's brand new already, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Doesn't it's not it? That old? It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> oh. I guess yeah. they got money in Texas to keep building new ballparks. Uh, last year, though, my problem with him is that I think the power is legit, but he batted two thirty-five. Boy, it's a drain of my average. You know, I think he might only hit mm-hmm. twenty. Low 20 home runs here. So I'm going O'Hearn pretty easily here. It's the average. The average scares me. You know, when I'm drafting a player like this, Joe, my corner infielder, my DH uh, utility player, I'm not drafting a guy that's going to be draining my average. You know, that's a guy that has to help and or not hurt in any categories, and he hurts in one. So I think Guzman does have room to grow. You know, I do think he has room to grow here, but I'm going with O'Hearn as the, uh, the two choices you gave me. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, Billy Hamilton, uh, Based on our conversations, he's not a guy that you would focus on too uh, one category uh, specific in terms of his uh, overall production. Uh, and I kind of agree with you in terms of uh, as you go through your draft, trying to get as many players that can help you in multiple categories as you can. 
you know, what Hamlet, we know Hamlet's going to steal bases, but that's all he's going to do. And his average probably not going to be good. So he's a guy you look at, oh, mm-hmm. man, I, I didn't draft any steals. You know, I just, I just didn't draft any steals. Hamilton's there. I got to draft him. You know, I have no choice. Unless I'm going to punt the category, I've got to draft him. And let's face it, if you draft Hamilton, you've probably gone from last in steals to at least middle of the pack, if not top five. You know, so he'll, he'll, mm-hmm. he'll help you win that category all by himself. The problem is the other four categories he's going to crush you in. Right? You're not going to give you any power. Not going to add you any average. It's going to hurt you in average. It's going to bring that down. Runs he'll be fine in, right? He'll, he'll, he'll eat some runs as well. So you, you're taking the good with the bad here. Yeah, you're taking the good with the bad. That's why Hamilton, sort of that last case, you know, breaking case of emergency. And, and, and that's what he is for me. He's a breaking case of emergency. If I'm drafting Hamilton, it means, oh, well, you know, the first 11, 12 rounds of my drift, I drafted no speed at all. None. I got to go with Hamilton mm-hmm. then. I'd much rather have a D. Gordon type, even though he's very similar. Uh, Malik Smith, I'll take the upside there. Uh, it's funny how the bad teams are the ones that with all the speed guys, right? Kansas City, Seattle, because they have mm-hmm. to, once again, they have to manufacture runs. This is the only way they're going to score. Yep, yep. So uh, who's going to be the closer in this team? All right, the closer for KC, I expect it. Once again, expect it. We don't know for sure yet, you know, because we'll wait to see how this works out here. But I expect that's going to be Brad Boxberger. I think he'll be able to get the job over Peralta, over McCarthy, Diekman. Uh That's what I expect. Boxberger, I think, is the best reliever they have. He has closing experience. Uh, so he'll be your closer. Once again, uh, 20, 25 saves for the season. They're not going to win a ton of games. But I think Boxberger is your best bet here. He's another tier three closer, a guy that I think he has a better chance than a lot of these other tier threes of keeping the job. But because it's KC, because they're a bad team, not too many save opportunities. And also, he'd be prime candidate to be traded if he's pitching well during the season. Yep. So uh, Royals won 58 games last season. Uh, Vegas Insider gives them an over-under of 69-and-a-half. Uh, do you think that uh, they are uh, just about 12 games better than last year's uh, version of the Royals? I don't see how. I mean, uh, no, I'll take the under here as well. Starting staff, Jacob Junis, Duffy, Keller. Actually, Keller's going to start opening day. Ian Kennedy, Lopez, throwing Homer Bailey there. Worst anything for a pitcher ever. Heath, uh, Phil Meyer, <laughs> no thank you. I'll, I'll take the under. All right. So as we uh, close out the AL Central, what are we thinking? Do we think that the uh, the Indians could hold on? Do we think that the Twins are that much better? What do you what do you see happen in the this year? I got, I got Cleveland winning with division mainly because I think they're the best all around team, and I love that starting staff. You know, I don't like their outfield. I think mm-hmm. they need another bat. You know, losing Brantley certainly hurts there. But bottom line is Minnesota. You and I discussed it. At the Berrios, who do you trust in that rotation? Gibson, Odorizzi. Mm-hmm. You know, Pineda, I mean, ugh, there's a lot of hope there. And when it comes to my pitching staff, I don't like to bet on hope. I love the Indian staff. And I think they have enough offense. Lindor being healthy, J-Ram, that they'll win the division. And it wouldn't shock me. Like I said, I think the Twins can hang on and make it interesting until August. And then it's, you know, things start to build mm-hmm. up. You know, so I think the Twins will uh, I think Cleveland might end up winning the division by, it wouldn't shock me, it's by 8-10 games eventually. I think it'll be close for a while, and then Minnesota falls off. Gotcha. Okay, so we've gone through uh, the AL East, the AL Central. Uh, tomorrow morning, we're going to be together on Roto Experts in the morning. We can go over to the AL West and then uh, work our way through the uh, the rest of the uh, National League. Uh, but uh, in the time that we have left for the show, and uh, keep in mind that coming up next, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, FNTSY Sports Radio Network's got uh, live coverage of uh, day two of the NFBC High Stakes Fantasy Baseball Drafts live from the Stewart Hotel. Uh, you got uh, Greg Sussman. Frankie Stample is going to be drafting at the main event. Uh, Matt Modique also involved in that. So it'll be interesting to see uh, the two pitting uh, against each other. And then uh, Joe Pisapia uh, and Brad Ziegler, former major leaguer, uh, rounding out the broadcast team, did a great job yesterday. But in the time we have remaining, George, uh, let's take a look at a couple of uh, position battles. Uh, what about with the Mets and, and the uh, first base uh, spot? And I'll call him Pete because uh, he used to be called Peter, but he wants to be known as Pete, Pete Alonso and Dominic Smith. Uh, I'm hearing, you know, that the uh, the expectation is that Dominic Smith might get the job. Both have had nice springs. Uh, Dominic Smith has had opportunities to win this job in the past. 
But uh, who do you think eventually uh, emerges as the uh, starting first baseman for the Mets uh, come opening day? Oh, it's going to be Smith because Alonzo's going to be sent down once again. First time issue. Keep him for that extra year. So mm-hmm. it'll certainly be uh, why I expect it to be Smith. I, we all hate that. Mm-hmm. I, you hope in the new CBA they fix this because it's a joke. All right. I mean, anybody, don't kid yourself. The only reason why Jimenez is going down for Chicago White Sox, service time. Guerrero, if you believe in the oblique injury or not, they already announced they were going to send him down. Same thing. Alonzo, same thing. All right. They're, they always teams manipulate service time. And I'm not saying it's the wrong thing. It's certainly not the wrong thing for the Blue Jays mm-hmm. and White Sox because they're bad teams. You can make an argument it's the wrong thing for the, uh, wrong thing for the Mets because they're, they should be a decent team this year. And they might need that Alonzo. He misses 15, 20 games. Maybe you missed the playoffs by a game or two where Alonzo could have helped. Even though I don't think the Mets have ever given mm-hmm. Dominic Smith a true chance. I think he'll, he'll be a good player himself. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be Dominic Smith, mainly because, like I said, Alonzo will be kept down. It'll give him a chance to Smith to do some damage. And maybe if Smith plays well, it'll allow the Mets to recoup some trade value that they've lost with this guy. Another uh, fairly high-profile uh, position battle uh, in Colorado for the second-base position. Ryan McMahon and Garrett Hampson uh, recently been revealed that uh, Hampson's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, the word is that the Rockies being overly cautious about uh, uh, keeping him out of the lineup. Uh, supposedly will, should, should be playing today. I haven't checked their uh, lineup as of yet, but uh, both uh, producing at the plate. Uh, according to Rotowell, they think that Hampson might have the upper hand because of his defense. Uh, could this be a platoon situation or do you think that they might hand the job uh, to one of these guys? This is a mess. I mean, it's, I don't understand anything the Rockies do. <laughs> Why you would sign Daniel Murphy and take away a spot for Ryan McMahon beyond me? You know, it's the when you sign Desmond and you, know, you take away opportunities from these younger players you have here. Rockies are a mess because let's face it, I mean, uh, what if Desmond can't play center field? What if Tapia is playing well and they want to put him at center field? Where does Desmond play? Does he have to go to first base? That means Murphy goes back to second base? Is that even possible? Or, is, you know, it's just it's a mess. I don't understand what the Rockies have done the past couple of years in their free agent signings. I think it's idiotic. Uh, I agree. I think Anderson would have the upper. I mean, when was the last time a first baseman could also play second base? This is why this, this thing in Milwaukee with Moustakas <laughs> is now going to play second base? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how is this going to work? Is, is the, or do we, just, do we just not care about defense anymore? I know I can hit the ball. Everybody strikes out anyway, so we don't care about defense. I, I mean, wow, just strange to me. Killing Ryan McMahon for me. So I think Hampson gets the job as well. Uh, McMahon, it's unfortunate. I think he's good enough to play, but without a DH, without first base being open for him, I think he's getting screwed. Very good, very good. All right, so we've got, uh, like I said, George and I will be back tomorrow, 8 a.m., Roto Experts in the morning. Coming up next, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time, just a couple minutes away. FNTSY Sports Radio Network's coverage of day two of NFBC High Stakes Fantasy Baseball Drafts. You got Greg Sussman, Joe Pisapia, former Major League pitcher Brad Ziegler. Frankie Stample's going to be drafting in the main event. Thanks to my man Sean Angle producing the show. Thanks to George Kurtz. I'm Joe Galina. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, too, for great coverage of the NFBC High Stakes Fantasy Baseball Drafts right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.